Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another podcast. And this time we have one of the most well-known people from the education space and the digital marketing space. He's the founder of the very massive IIDE. It's indeed the one and only Mr. Karan Shah. Welcome to the podcast. Yash, thank you so much for having me on this podcast, man. I'm actually really honored to be talking to such a young guy like you. So thank you. My pleasure, man. So we'll be discussing about IIDE, the NEP and digital marketing and a lot of new stuff. So without any further ado, let's jump right into it. So for the people who don't know Karinsha, I don't know what rock you're living under, but please introduce yourself in a few lines for them. So my name is Karan Shah and I am the CEO and founder at IIDE, which stands for the Indian Institute of Digital Education. Well, I have been a teacher for the last nine to 10 years and I've taught more than 13,000 professionals in my lifetime, specializing in a subject called digital marketing. I've trained online and offline. I have been a visiting faculty at more than 14 colleges in Mumbai city. And I also am a visiting faculty at one of India's reputed IIM, the Indian Institute of Management. I've been a TEDx speaker. I've also been a judge at multiple industry forums and events. I studied at Howard University. And out there, I specialized in a subject called e-commerce strategies. And after doing all of this, I started IID a few years back. And today, for all the efforts that IID has put in, mm-hmm. we are actually awarded India's best digital learning institute uh, of the year, 2020. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. All right. Amazing, man. So I have this ritual in which I make the entrepreneur speak about how his company actually started, like the initial days. So what is the IIDE story? The IID story you can find on many YouTube videos, but I'm going to just make it very short and simple. Uh, I have been interning since the age of 16 and I've done lots of different jobs. Um, one of my main jobs at the age of 18 is I used to work at this company called Edelweiss, which is a financial broking company. And I used to actually work in their call center. And I was made to make 200 phone calls a day per day and talk to random customers on the phone trying to sell stock market products. And I realized that making those random sales calls was useless because I was genuinely not able to get people to open DMAR accounts at Edelweiss. So one day I got a I got a resignation letter saying that you have not managed to sell enough DMAT accounts to customers, so you need to resign. And in one month's time, you are not fit for this company because your salary is more than what you are actually earning for the organization. So when I saw that resignation letter coming to me, the Gujarati in me really got angry and said that it's time I do something different. So what I very simply did is I went to my college classroom and I announced that I would be conducting a two day quick stock market workshop. And uh, if you like it, you can sign up in less than four months, roughly 481 students signed up for the stock market workshop. And the beauty is that everybody who signed up for the workshop eventually ended up opening a DMAT account with Edelweiss. So from resigning or being fired at Edelweiss, I actually became one of their pan-India salesmen of the quarters, selling the maximum number of DMAT accounts to people. And that's how I actually got introduced to the education space. So all my life, I wanted to do finance, which is why I took an internship in the stock market industry. Mm-hmm. But from there, I actually got introduced to the education industry in the format of uh, workshops. That I did a quick internship at a digital marketing company, which is called Social Connect, which is now one of India's largest digital marketing companies. Yep. 
and in my internship out there i realized that nobody across me at that time at that age uh, ever even spoke about the concept digital marketing in fact no college taught digital marketing that time so what i simply did was from all my learnings at the internship at social connect i quickly made a two day digital marketing course went back to all the students who studied stock markets with me and got more than 75% of them to come and sign up for a new digital marketing workshop mm-hmm. and so that's that's it and from there my career started dude i took a small i graduated took a really small uh, in fact i took my own grandfather's garage on rent and i started teaching digital marketing to people and it used to be eight plastic chairs and me as a teacher and from there just quality training get the right kind of placements and the right kind of students we've grown to like more than four campuses more than 1500 students a year more than 45000 students online and more than 20 corporate clients so that's been the journey i would like to just say that uh, it's a luck by chance and all my internships are the reason why i am where i am internships are a very young age all right so i saw that in your tiktok as well like you spoke that you uh, like in hosted a paid seminar for digital marketing i want to ask you this question which which may sound stupid but the question is it was a paid seminar right so if the seminar would have been a free seminar would you you know do you expect the same amount of results that you got at that point of time like all of them opening dmat accounts um i really don't know i didn't think so much because i was pretty young that time i never thought it from a business strategy perspective to be really honest but if you actually had to ask me that question today from a business perspective definitely free would get you a lot of people coming but it would not have the same conversion ratio into paying people so that's that, that that's the continuous dispute i have in the education industry when you give it out for free um, people don't take it seriously Yep. which is why some sort of monetary exchange uh, when you exchange money for that information suddenly the student or the learner becomes more serious right i wish there was something else they could exchange and currently the only exchange in the barter that they're doing is money but i wish they could exchange something else so that's my take on free and paid free generally attracts more people to talk about it but it doesn't have everyone paying for it so yep. yeah depends on what the entrepreneur wants to choose exactly so what i've learned is like through this is that money brings commitment and see this recently happened with me as well so we hosted this uh, mun i'm sure you know about mun because iid had had partnered with mumbai man recently so yes, yeah. so we did the man and we we had an online man and we were expecting like 80 to 85 people to come in and we were marketing on instagram and we like got 115 and there were a lot of people from international from we had international participants as well but the thing happened like on the day of the conference like 20 people didn't show up out of 85 20 people didn't show up which Actually. i think as as like sort of an absolute failure because like out of 85 it's like almost like 21% so you know my conclusion is that they didn't actually take it seriously so would you like to comment something on it so i'm totally saying right if look uh, uh, for example everything is available on youtube mm-hmm. each and every piece of information is available on youtube but the reality is why is not everyone that smart in their own subjects is because they aren't serious enough and which is why you need to create some sort of reward or incentive or monetary barter to get the other person very serious yep so to a 
so you recently interviewed Shashank Kodupa, who runs some something called Avalon. I met him recently, and when I after meeting him, I re- researched a little bit about on him, and I figured that uh, most of their courses are for free. Yep. Right. As much as I appreciate it, as much as I appreciate it, I'm not really sure about the learning outcomes. You know, about how serious a student is, and which is why there's a very big debate in my mind between free and paid education. And I think paid makes the user just a little more serious, and you need that. Yeah. what i actually you know as a sort of like slightly disagree what i feel is like see there are literally very few good digital marketing courses or sort of design courses available right so for the people who just want to start out with the basic information like like just getting started with the you know basics of illustration or basics of photoshop i think it should be for free right because if it's paid like up front most of the people won't go because they're like why if i'm trying this why should i sort of put in an investment for it absolutely i think um just like a movie every trailer is for free and which is why a trailer to education also has to be for free it follows the same format so some amount of information has to be free which ignites the interest and then the user actually moves into putting via exchanging money for it so i i absolutely agree i don't disagree on this thought all right so i ask this to almost every entrepreneur like how was college life like what what, yeah. what different did you do what different did i do in college life i think um my father at the age of 16 just when i finished my 10th standard told me that listen in my family me i mean him his grand his father his grandfather they all started earning at the age of 16 and their do- dad stopped giving them pocket money and he made it sound damn serious man and which is why from the age of 16 i think that the only thing i did different was i had this um desire to be able to at least financially uh, be stable even at the age of 16 even though my requirement of income might be just 5000 bucks you know uh so i think what i did differently is i worked through all the college years from 16 to 21 i also did differently is i never attended college <laughs> uh i absolutely never attended college my attendance would have been like less than 1% but that doesn't mean that i was poor at academics i could i used to learn read books read presentations and was able to go to all examinations and still be in the top 3 or top 5 of my colleges but in actually going to college i think i went outside college and i made a lot of friends mm-hmm. which added to a lot of my network and today that network is really useful in business and in different ways of life What I did differently is I didn't go to college. I went outside college, made a lot of friends, and I also worked throughout. These are the three different things for me in college. All right. So my next question is like, what did you see people doing wrong? What do you see the students doing wrong while they were in college? It's time. It's time. Um, you would always see students do nothing. Us would end. Let's say junior college would. Start at two p.m. You know, and people used to wake up at maybe one thirty p.m. Or let's say degree college used to begin at ele- degree college used to end at eleven a.m. And people used to just chill in the canteen or outside the canteen or at some um, cigarette shop or some hookah shop or some just at someone's house or something like that. And I think that was an absolute waste of time. if all of those people did something productive they would have been able to find their passion much quicker in life mm-hmm. 
yes you know one more thing like this happens in a lot of college like i've spoken to a few college students they say that they you know fall into the scams of the scam is in the name of digital marketing but it's actually mlm which is happening like uh, a lot recently and it was i guess prominent at your times as well a few of the kids come and they're like this is the mlm course and you'll you know get lots and lots of money with it but after all they end up getting scammed so was there any incident like that where they were like all scams running in in, in your college <laughs> no i i don't think that there were scams running we used to have this organization called amway uh oriflame but these were genuinely like um they were tried and tested offline models but uh there were scams but honestly i didn't experience much of them or uh, or heard much about them during my college times you know what the problem that occurs because of that they, they put it in the name of digital marketing and due to that people think that digital marketing is just easy money which is definitely not so i want you to tell the audience like what is actual digital marketing and is there really that much amount of money in there i think that industry in the world has two b's b for bombay every industry in the world has two b's a beggar and a billionaire mm-hmm. so simple people who work really hard time and over time will be a billionaire and people who just do it for the sake of okay i might make money will always be the beggar in any industry in the world be it you selling chappals or you selling a phone or you selling a digital marketing course there will be a billionaire who's doing it all right who's got it right and there will be someone who's not got it right so simply my take to everybody out here is that digital marketing can make you a lot of money if you know how to do it right you could be doing like for example my real sister she runs this company called social connect which is one of india's largest digital marketing companies and today they're doing digital marketing for clients like netflix for amazon so everything that you see about netflix or amazon or tiktok which was there or or hotstar everything that you see about them on their instagram on their facebook is actually done through uh, by my sister's organization right and today she is in one of india's top 100 women entrepreneurs so it has brought her a lot of fame a lot of income a lot of money that's an example of owning a company um mm-hmm. there is that i would like to state this man called kulvant nagi you can do a google search on him kulvant nagi is a small town guy man he's probably 30 years old but he's currently doing affiliate marketing okay and if you right. see his income over the last one year he's probably generating 1 crore of revenue at the age of 30 just via sitting from a small town in somewhere upper delhi or uttar pradesh i'm not really sure you can google him but he's making an income of 1 to 1.5 crores a year all he does is he does good seo driven affiliate marketing so there are so many influencers today like for example my first intern um, my first intern's mm-hmm. name you've probably heard his name is ranveer alavadia bio biceps yeah. he runs a youtube channel called bio biceps so he was actually one of my first interns who i ever hired and today he's gone ahead and made his own youtube channel called bio biceps and i think that boy is earning some unimaginable amount of money today for being an influencer on youtube and instagram digital marketing has a lot of money but mm-hmm. it's a lot about your perseverance and the number of years you spend in it and you getting your strategies right and getting your platforms and your algorithms right and that never happens overnight so ranveer became ranveer over 3 and a half 4 years kulvant became, kulvant started blogging at the age of 2012 and makes 1 crore in 
my sister started a digital marketing company mm-hmm. in 2011 and today does digital marketing for netflix and hotstar in 2020 so you see it's taken them 9 years so it's not a quick hack for making money that's for sure so i just spoke about ranveer alawadia right so he runs this company called monk monk entertainment as well right so they do influencer marketing what's your take on it so i asked this question to almost every guest on the podcast and they are sort of against the idea of a social media management agency what's your take on it social media management agency what do you mean it's like they sort of handle the social media for the brands and stuff they they sort of help the brands get to the influencers they are sort of like the bridge for them they're the mediators between brands to promote their products via influencers basically yes obviously why not what's the problem with that anyone anyone who can match two ends should run a business one needs it and you know someone who can give it somebody who's a trader a trader is a person who who has someone who wants to buy a product and knows someone who wants to sell a product he just makes mm-hmm. them meet and that's the job of a digital marketing agency specializing in influencer marketing one who who can make two ends meet is a business owner and should be doing that all right so you know as this question to varun may as well right so what was his his answer was that there will be a platform which will be completely automated and there won't be a requirement of a human being to be in between of the transaction in a few years it would be sort of like a website in which the influencers would be listed and the the, the brand will sort of just pick the influencer something like that no, no, that would happen if you look at this website called chatterbox which is run by pranay swaroop the ex founder of let's intern internshala.com he's founded a new organization called chatterbox it has its own algorithm all influencers are listed on it more than 70000 influencers are listed on it and any brand can go there and uh, can run an algorithm and it will find you the right influencer for it and connect you to them such stuff exists right but there needs to be a brain behind that so like that honestly speaking robots will be teaching students in the future that doesn't mean there will always be someone who trains the robot right mm-hmm. to teach the students so at no point yeah monotonous jobs will go away but brainful jobs will always stay there so i don't agree to what uh, that person said all right so how would you know sort of automation affect digital marketing in the coming years of course of course of course of course like for example um we use a lot of marketing and sales automation softwares and just think about it right previously people used to do email marketing manually send 1111 email trying to market their products today mm-hmm. email marketing or sms marketing i can decide okay these 1000 people inquired with me last month i need an email to go to them after 3 days then after 10 days and after 16 days and after 25 days you know so automation has already come into digital marketing okay and it's not still going to take over digital marketing because look i've been a digital marketer for a very long time and today i don't do digital marketing i have more than 10 people who do, who do digital marketing for me actively but mm-hmm. still at the end of the day the strategy still comes from me. how it works still comes from me and then there are people who execute it monitor it and keep making incremental changes every now and then so automation will keep coming in that's how much more brain power will be required to process that automation so it'll go hand in hand humans will have to become smarter all right it's not going to replace mm-hmm. yep so you know what's your take on fake digital me- fake digital marketing influencers on instagram who are like sort of 
you know saying that digital marketing is just great money and literally those people have like more than like 50000 60000 subscribers and even like if there's a 1% who get you know sort of influence that digital marketing is very easy then you know digital marketing is sort of getting defamed what's your take on these fake digital media gurus and how do you distinguish between a legit one and you know someone who's just sort of scamming So first of all, to differentiate someone, um, you should never go on any online influencer by the number of followers they have, because followers can be purchased. Yep. To always look at the engagement rate that of influencers getting online, the comment rate that an influencer is getting online. You know, those are kind of distinguishing factors between who's a real influencer and a fake influencer. So that's point number one. Number two is you need there is bad PR and good. Good PR. Mm-hmm. I mean, by that is that there are some people who do it incorrectly, and there are some people who do it correctly. But at the end of the day, the industry gains. So you will never be able to stop bad people. Why your concentration should only be on good people? So even if there are so many fake influencers, mm-hmm. what are they actually doing? They might be selling a wrong product, okay? And then there are some foolish people who might end up buying it. when yep. they are even selling a fake product or something like that the one thing that they are doing is that they are increasing the awareness of the digital marketing industry the more the awareness eventually more the good people will win law of life the good people and bad people and both will do awareness the bad people will do awareness and slowly people will realize they are stupid but because of their awareness some people will increase their desire to learn that topic more and then slowly find the good influencers so you can never stop what's bad mm-hmm. but you can take the most out of it and do good to yourself that's what i think all right what, what i understand is like any publicity is just good publicity and you know publicity uh, to total publicity yep exactly and you know if some if any student let's say wants to get into digital marketing what's actually the right path should he sort of you know get influenced by a few influencers or sort of go to a reputed course and learn digital marketing or sort of or the next step can be sort of interning in a company in a digital marketing company i think the first step is to check your interest levels and to do that i mean i recommend all my younger cousins younger students just go watch some youtube videos man just type digital marketing you'll find more than 100 videos watch some 2 3 2 3 2 3 minute videos spend an hour watching videos and that will start act uh, read some blogs read some websites uh, read articles that that are ranking on google try reading wikipedia if you have to because that information is pretty good and it's not biased and once you do that and once you have created enough interest um and if you have created enough interest then either you could be a self learner and you could find all the information on youtube or you can pay some online teacher Um, either if you think that okay, I'm experienced, I understand this, and there is someone who's looking for an internship, go out for an internship. But I would recommend do both: study it as a subject and do an internship. It will add value from a practical and theory perspective. And be both. You don't only need one, to be honest. All right. So speaking about internships, right? So there's a lot of debate happening here and there about should a student get into freelancing or should he get into internship? What's your recommendation? I think if you have a digital skill, attempt to do freelancing. But to be honest, I would recommend that do an internship once. You know, it will really tell you how an organization works. 
that's also a part of experience that you need to add to your life freelancing you're your own boss you know i mean your client is your boss but you're still at your own freedom mm-hmm. you're doing an internship you go to an office you see people on your left your right your discipline in the office the timings the lunch time the evening time the post office activities the fun activities the friends you meet you know the discipline the emailing culture the check in check out culture the reporting culture all of that comes from when you start lo- learning from an internship this is why you need both pieces of experience to tell you what's and you can take the best out of both pieces basically but both are important so i would recommend spend 6 months doing freelancing and 6 months doing an internship and you'll know what you actually like and you'll learn the best all right so as you said you were into internships while you were in college were there any like defining moments that taught you a lot in an internship can you some can you just share some of them so one of the things is i don't think i was extremely confident mm-hmm. while speaking to customers or while speaking to random people back when i was 18 years old and a defining moment in my career was when i was forced to make 200 phone calls a day at that internship Uh, honestly, when I had to pick up the phone and call two hundred people a day, literally more than hundred people would hang up in less than a second. Slowly over that time, okay, slowly over that time, I was able to talk to every customer for at least thirty to sixty seconds. Basically, my English became smoother. My I started realizing how the customer is. If the customer says hello, yes, what are you doing? You know, you'll have a different approach to them. If the customer says hello, yes, mm-hmm. may I know who this is? You'll have a different approach to it. If if a customer picks up on the phone says hello I'm in a meeting right now call me later and then you'll follow up with them by calling them later so by listening to their voices by listening to the aggression or the calmness in their voice I understood when to pitch my product okay. uh, so many things like that but mm-hmm. it was in that continuous so a defining moment was me making two hundred phone calls and learning how to be able to talk to anyone on the phone I'm sure I can pick up the phone and I can have a 60 second minimum conversation with even like a most random person on planet earth so i think that was a defining moment and that's a really important skill that helps today in making business development and business relationships so that was amazing um that was actually a very very very, very big takeaway a second defining um second defining learning was so as i said i was always focused on finance mm-hmm. that's why i took a stock market internship and to the extent that in my third year i chose finance as my specialization also okay and from there i got a placement i was doing a small internship at this company called deutsche bank it's actually a really large bank and when i did a two month in internship in investment banking at deutsche bank i realized how much i hate finance so it was a defining moment imagine i was planning on pursuing an mba in finance in the future and in the middle i do this internship in investment banking at deutsche bank specializing in finance and when i got to job i realized that i can never do this job all my life all the people listening you got to do an internship sometimes not only to find what you like but you also got to do an internship sometimes to figure out what you really don't like that will really help you make decisions quicker in life big moments for me for my career choices all right So, if you were to you know sort of go back to the current Shah at colleges who who was interning as an investment banker, what would be the piece of advice you'd get to give to him? If uh, you knew when you walked in in the first seven days, Karan, that you do not like this investment banking job, 
your gut told you that this doesn't suit you it's a desk job and you're a very active person you shouldn't have wasted 53 days doing a completing a two month internship you should have gotten up resigned and moved on to the next interesting chapter of your life decision All right <laughs> amazing right so like uh, it's like very common when which uh, in most of the people when there is so, sort of a defining moment which can be a pleasant or an or an unpleasant one in their childhood which sort of shapes their entire future was there one and are you comfortable sharing it in front of the audience so uh, um uh, two instances with my father um one of the incidents was when i actually um, finished my 10th standard exam i actually admission in an ib school it was a brand new ib school mm-hmm. and my dad was financially well off to be able to pay the fees out there when we went to and it was a new school just to keep in mind it was a new school which had opened up somewhere in south mumbai at that time and when we went to actually pay the fees and admit ourselves admit me for my 11th grade in ib my dad was standing in the queue of paying the fees that line that counter out there and my dad randomly just tapped on my shoulder and asked me a question he said hey karan how many students are going to be in this ib school i said dad there are going to be 80 students the batch size is going to be of two batches of 40 40 each he asked me okay karan how many students would be there in junior college i said that 10 divisions of 100 students each which means 1000 students mm-hmm. he asked me can you tell me how many friends do you want to make in life do you want to make 80 friends in life or do you want to make 1000 friends in life and i instantly realized that i want to make 1000 friends in life i'm a social person and today when i actually look back into that chapter i feel like shit actually gained so many friends so many relationships which have really helped me in doing business today maybe if i was limited only to 80 students as friends in life i wouldn't have had so many contacts i genuinely believe in the line net worth will contribute to your net sorry net sorry my bad i genuinely believe in this line that mm-hmm. net work will contribute to your final net worth yep so i believe that i made my entire network by meeting 2000 friends and and the second incident of my life is with my father again and when i completed graduation i went up to him and i asked him dad should i pursue cfa should i pursue mba should i pursue being a lawyer what he told me so mainly i was choosing between cfa and lawyer okay mm-hmm. so i asked him should i pursue cfa or should i pursue pursue lawyer uh, and to to which he replied and which i was shocked he said listen i want you to pursue business lawyers can be hired cfas can be hired Business owners can't be hired. What I want you to do is, I want you to learn how to be a business owner so that you go out and you hire these guys. Mm-hmm. Today, dropped plans of taking formal courses, fill up, and let me be capable to hire everybody else around me. My organization, a healthy one. So, so that was a defining moment when he said that, uh, and I, I realized what I actually wanted to do then. Mm-hmm. all right so that's interesting man and you know you you even you, you said this uh, thing in the tiktok that was the process of elimination so yeah. i when, when i heard that line right so i thought it's sort of a very complex process so can you just elaborate on it a bit more in reference to my tiktok i was using process of elimination in attempt to find what you are good at and what you love okay So, mm-hmm. process of elimination when you are trying to choose your final career goal 
it's actually pretty simple you just need to uh, so let's so when you're choosing your final career in life okay mm-hmm. and you have to make a decision okay what do i want to do in life you know will genuinely generally make a list of 3 to 4 things you're good at i'm good at photography i'm good at photoshop and i'm good at let's say guitar okay let's say these are three skills you're really good at you need to really ask yourself is which of these skills that i be okay to without will my life stop if i didn't have the skill and you need to keep asking your question you need to keep asking yourself your that question and when you keep doing that you will somehow manage to eliminate choice 2 choice 3 choice 4 be able to okay. zero down on one choice as your career so you, you need to ask yourself a life question will i die if i don't have this in my life if the answer to that is yes you will die without this mm-hmm. in your life that's your career choice like if somebody asked me karan if you never got a chance to public speak anymore would you enjoy your life i'd say i'd be the saddest man on planet earth if i'm not allowed to like you know share my opinion on a public platform yep and that's how i know that public speaking is one of the core things that i'm doing and which is what i i'm doing by id as well public speaking so that the process of elimination you know it's very interesting in my opinion and like eliminating a few skills which you do not require might be a brave step as well because skills which someone learns and is sort of attached to those skills so what skills did you sort of eliminate from you know your your skill set library i said finance right i was totally skilled in finance for the worked in finance i was studying finance for the longest time mm-hmm. in fact when i went to howard university also i studied a little bit of finance even though i was good at finance i eliminated that skill because it would not make me happy i would I, i couldn't live without it there's something else that makes me happier so for example um digital marketing okay i also have one more skill which is digital marketing but i don't do digital marketing for people you know how you are running probably an agency i don't do digital marketing for people anymore i mean i just don't do it for people anymore i realize that public speaking is what i love okay and which mm-hmm. is why my knowledge of digital marketing i use in public speaking how i am related to digital marketing education technically if you think about it i don't enjoy i mean i, I enjoy doing digital marketing but i don't do that anymore i spend mm-hmm. 24 hours of my day investing in public speaking and creating better content to teach people to uh, disseminate better quality information So it's a skill I have. I can do digital marketing for anyone, but the real question is, what do I want to invest twenty-four hours of my everyday time into? And that's a personal choice to me. And that's how you eliminate. That's how I've eliminated two of these things. All right. So you spoke about Howard University, right? So there's a lot of debate happening of like further education being redundant now. Like, what's your take on it? Like, is it really redundant, or it's just sort of like a fad that's circulating on the internet that you know it's not what, a good thing? What what is redundant? Oh, can you please repeat? Like the voice was cracking. My question to you is: What is redundant? Redundant, as in not in use anymore. Something. I, some, mm-hmm. I definitely understand the meaning of the word redundant. I'm saying, what is redundant? Yes, you said foreign education is redundant. Yeah, something like that. There's a lot of debate happening on that. Like foreign education is redundant. So I. think that foreign education is redundant 
I think okay. So let let me let me change my answer. I think that foreign education is redundant. I surely don't think that foreign education experience mm-hmm. is very valuable and it's not redundant. So when you actually go abroad, doesn't matter what you study. Matters how you live alone, how you manage yourself. and a lot of people who go to boarding school might relate to this but it matters mm-hmm. how you live by yourself how you are able to make friends in an absolutely new country where your language is not spoken as much how you are able to represent yourself how you are able to stand on your own feet how you are able to age communicate socialize with people from different countries for example when i went to the us mm-hmm. uh, my best friends were from mexico spain Italy and Ukraine. So I was hanging out on a group of five people, out of which four people were from all four different countries, as I mentioned: Spain, Mexico, Italy, Ukraine, and I forgot which one. Um, but mm. that's where I today know if if I'm talking to a Mexican, also I know how he's going to speak, what he likes to eat. When I'm talking to someone who's from Spain, I know how they behave and what what they like, what they dislike. Uh, I was able to operate my own house, my own finances, my own pocket money, my own earnings. Go to college, manage my own timelines, socialize, network with different people, and manage to actually live my life there independently. So I think that the experience is very important. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not talking about the education, but experience adds to eventually who you become and how smart you are and how wise you are. So I will always go for the experience piece of it. I will not right. say that it's enough. Mm-hmm. So as we are into the topic of education, like quite recently the NEP has been announced. So before diving any deep into it, what's your take on the NEP? It's excellent. I am very, very, very happy about the national education policy. Um, I think there are some amazing points that has had that it has. Coding from the sixth standard, man, that's that's brilliant. Yep. i can just imagine that if people get exposure to coding from the 6th standard lot of future redundant monotonous jobs will be automated and i think that's excellent and that's going to save so much for the entire world and improve efficiencies improve automations improve profit margins everything put together um i think what's amazing is is the concept of bal bhavans where now students every state will be forced to set up a bal bhavan where students can go and spend all their time in art and craft kind of activity mm-hmm. so you know art and craft was never never given so much importance or so much space i think it's insane that bal bhavans will be created i also think that our gdp education in our country was only 3% of our gdp and now yep. it's going to be 6% of our gdp the gross enrollment ratio is going to go up to 50% autonomy is going to be given to all colleges by 2035 policy has finally changed after 34 years exactly okay and 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 let me tell you two more insane things okay report mm-hmm. cards are going to now have self assessment peer assessment and peer assessment before it was always how many how much marks you score in your exams right now you can assess yourself your teacher can assess you and your students in your classroom your peers will also assess you and that will combined make a mark sheet so and and multiple mm-hmm. entry and exit points even being able to choose history and physics in 11th exactly. and 12th 
I don't need to choose science and I'll never get a chance to study history. Now I can choose science, learn physics and also get access to history. So I've given you all the highlights, man. I think yep. I'm in love with the policy. I know it by heart. So <laughs> I like it that much. That's why. Yeah, you know the the report card system. It's actually making education more community based, and you know anything which is more community based, in my opinion, gives rise to a lot of collaboration, which will with combined with coding can do insane stuff in the future. And Absolutely. and even like in most of the colleges which are teaching computer engineering right now, the type of the coding they're teaching it is just. you know it's very base level like i've read the books it's almost very base level and if they're teaching coding since the 6th standard like if if we imagine what happens when a person gets to sort of the further education like in the colleges that that just that would be just too complex and insane like students are like interpreting so much better code so that would definitely you know get uh, get new tools into the picturing India will be creating the next Facebook, the next Google, everything, the next, and the Silicon Valley of the world should be in India. What I hope to see. Exactly. You no, know, one more thing, right? So I saw this thing on Twitter. Like, there's this hashtag reject NEP or something trending, and the point they are giving is that they they are against the point that it they are encouraging students to do vocational internships. which i feel you know doesn't deserve that much criticism because you know vocational learning something like something like plumbing or something like welding it's sort of looked down upon in our country in my opinion and if you know students are taught that or sort of you know taught how it's actually done while internship they'll sort of respect that job and not you know sort of look down upon them what's your take on it should vocation is vocational learning uh, sort of a good idea it's it's in my time in the us it was really i used to admire uh, people in my neighborhood those guys used to do their own gardening used to do their own fence painting they used to fix their own table they used to order a gym equipment and set it up themselves you know and all those base like fix their own electric wire and all those skills just make you an overall human being you know and in any case like today my wife is a designer and she's a really popular luxury lighting designer but she's able to do her luxury lighting so well because she literally did like an electrician kind of i mean it's not the right word to use but she worked under someone where she actually looked at circuits and wires and she she learned all those things mm-hmm. which is what allows her to do her job so well today so it was a vocational skill she picked up when she was 17 or 18 today it's really helping her in her career and i think it's always yash haters be everywhere so let them do this trend on twitter but uh, people who look at the good of it will win yep so we are sort of at the end of this topic of nep so what will be the problems that would be solved by with the implementation of this nep in the coming years what are the very key problems that most of the students are facing right now as i said right you will be able to choose let's start from a little let let's start from a little behind first of all there is going to be standardized education for everybody up to a certain age up to at least age 8 i believe mm-hmm. uh which i think is awesome i also india is known for its standard education you know for its education up to 10th standard our country is very well known for it so if we're going to improve on that um and if everybody gets the same standard of education i think that getting kids up to the age of 8 having the similar knowledge is amazing it brings the entire country rich and poor together i think having choice of education is excellent 
you know to be able to choose different courses uh, most students in india actually go abroad and foreign education is preferred so much because people are allowed to choose different courses you know yep one will go there and say okay i'm going to do a major in computer science and a minor in finance you could never ever do this in india right so a huge share of indian students which which went abroad acquire dual skill sets under a common degree will now reduce going to an iit and doing a computer science course and also being able to do um a history course from you know a popular or an arts course from jj school of arts yep. able to put two institutions also together to add up to final credits so this is really going to allow people to explore the right kind of skill sets and then find their own jobs we'll finally you know we hear that engineering employment rate is at 3% country wide that will totally change because the definition of what you study under engineering can now change because of choice of subjects and which is why people will be having jobs based to what they like and based to their real skill sets yep. so yeah you know, there's this new thing that you know king's college london has started this is uh, digital humanities and there there were a lot of students you know moving to london to learn digital humanities and digital humanities basically it's it's just you know case studying a certain sort of a business how it impacted the people the people so, so for example geo and you know with the permission given to look like, like the top uh, universities to come in india will solve the entire issue of the brain drain that is happening in my opinion which will you know give, you know yield great things to india and also we are sort of at the end of the podcast and the very hot debate right now is should education be looked at as a commodity commodity yep um use the right word i think education always has to be looked upon as an investment mm-hmm. the reality of life is that you invest in commodities you invest in gold you invest in house you invest in stock market these are all commodities in a way right yep you can make it sound like should education be treated as a commodity say i have no comments on that line but the real line is that education has to be treated as an investment investment in terms of time mm. first money second so it is a commodity right everything is a commodity innovate today uh, but you have to call it an investment first in terms of time and then in terms of money and that's what i would like to talk about in terms of education all right great insights man like moving on to the very last question which is three pieces of advice for indian students right now uh so i recently came up with this line in one of my webinars and i'm going to say that my three pieces of advice are the three a's of life uh right. which is three a's of life the first a is ambition always need to have a massive ambition in life to achieve even something really small ambition nahi hai to kuch nahi hai so ambition second a of life is action action everybody can be a dreamer but achievers are people who actually take action so mm-hmm. that's the second a and third a is analyze every time you take action which is towards your ambition keep analyzing because every time you'll analyze you'd actually know if you're doing good bad and how to get better keep answering a question on how to improve efficiency 
and how to keep getting better to do the same thing and becoming perfect. The three A's are the three advices of my life. Ambition, take action, and always analyze. I hope that's good advice. Yep. Amazing advice. That good is a, you know, sort of, good is not the word. It's amazing. All Thank right. You. We are at the end of the podcast. Thanks for coming in, Mr. Karan Shah. It's been great talking to you. Thank you so much, Yash. Thank you. Thanks. So thanks a lot, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for having me. Uh, to all the listeners, um, Yash has been following up with me for a very long time. So thank you so much, Yash, for taking this effort. And I hope that this information somehow helps some people in life. Yeah, and then I'll be really happy about it. Yep, for sure. And guys, follow Karansha on all the links down below in the description. I've linked all the social media down below. Yeah, and on that note. Thanks for watching. If you like this video, hit that like button and share it with your friends. Until the next video, bye bye.